so happens that Boaz is a relative of Elimelech, and he's in that clan, which means, we're going to talk about this a little bit tonight, that Boaz is a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer for this family. And so out of all the fields in Bethlehem, it just so happened that Ruth ended up in that field. And we said, is that a coincidence? No, because there are no coincidences in God's economy. God doesn't have coincidences, only divine appointments. God is in complete, complete control of every situation. There is no straight molecule in the universe that is not under his control. So she's out there, just so happened, and Boaz is still. And as she's out there gleaning, it just so happened that who rolled up on the scene none other than Boaz. Boaz gets out. Boaz gets out of his uh, truck and he comes out and he's surveying his field and all the reapers are there and they're saying, the Lord be with you and the Lord bless you and everything's going great. And he looks out over his field and he's like, okay, I, I, I hired you and I hired you. I'm looking at my workers. I hired you. I hired you. And he looks over in the corner and he sees this old out woman and he's like, wait a second here. I didn't hire her. Who's young woman is that? Who is that? Because she'd be fired. Who is that woman? Foreman talks to him and he said, Listen, 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 Mr. Boaz. That is Ruth, the Moabite from Moab. She's connected with Naomi. She's Naomi's daughter in law. She's been here gleaning all day long and she's not stopped except for a short rest. So Boaz makes a beeline over to Ruth and he tells Ruth, Listen, girlfriend, you need to stay in this field. Because if you stay here in this field, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be provided for and you're going to be protected because that's what a godly man does. He provides and he protects. He takes care of his sisters in Christ. He says, I want to take care. I want to make sure that you have more than I, that you are fully satisfied. Praise God's name and worship, which is that's, listen, that's why we sing songs like there is no other God and what he's done for us. Because, because listen, our only response to that kind of grace and mercy and compassion that Jesus has shown us is to worship He's saying, thank you, adoration, praise, thanksgiving. So Ruth is all grateful for this. And there's this little kind of pause section right there. And then, and then we talked about this last night, that, that Ruth and Boaz, they go on their first date to the Olive Garden. They share some breadsticks right here. And it's a really sweet time where Boaz is serving her at the table. saying, hey, you know, here's the bread, here's the grain. And he sends her home to Naomi with more than enough leftovers of dissatisfaction. Ruth goes home, goes home to Naomi, and Naomi's like, where have you been gleaning? Because you're coming home with all this grain. And Ruth says, the, the man's field that I was in is none other than Boaz. Naomi's wheel starts turning right here, and she's thinking, oh my goodness, Boaz, he's one of our relatives, one of our kinsmen, redeemers. She's like, you need to stay in that field, and Ruth does, and she goes back, and she works the rest of the barley harvest season, season for the next six weeks, for the six weeks time, and nothing happens, and chapter two kind of ends anti-climactic, because it's like, yeah, she's there, she's working in the field, day after day after day, nothing's going on, Boaz is not asking her out on the day again, it's kind of like, what's going on, what's happening here? And chapter two ends with the statement that Ruth continues to live with her mother-in-law. We're kind of like, oh, come on, we want something to happen. But that just sets the stage, students, for what we are about to read tonight, which is literally about to be some of the shadiest verses in all of the Bible. And here's what I've been praying for you tonight. And here's what I've been praying for this weekend and a lot of our counseling. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
she thinks it's her business to know. And he's going to be winnowing barley on this fresh corn. Now, some of you are like, what does it mean to winnow barley? What does that look like? Well, when the barley harvest season ended, what you would do, you would bring all this grain to a secluded area, the fresh corn. And usually it would be beside a, a mountain right there. And you would take this grain, you would take this barley, and you would break the husk, you would break the stalks. And the barley would come to the ground, and you would take that pitchfork, and you would throw up throw up what you have, and the wind would come by and blow away the shaft, and the barley that was heavier than the, than the, the sand, and the dust would fall back down to the ground. That's how you, that's how you win the barley. That's how you harvested it. And this was a big-time celebration. All these people that are getting together, remember, it's been years of famine, y'all. They've been starving. And now God has blessed them with some food. And so they're like, come on, everybody. Let's get together. Let's win up some barley. Let's get on the threshing floor. And they're throwing down. They're having a big old party. It's like, you love what we're shooting up fireworks. They're having a barbecue. They're having a big old Bring out the famous days and days. Let's win up some barley. And let's praise God for all that he's given us. So Boaz is going to be there tonight doing some winnowing and some borrowing and thanking God for all his provision. So she knows where Boaz is. So here's Naomi's advice to Ruth. Look at this, verse 3. You need to wash, verse 3. Take a bath. Anoint yourself. Put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But don't make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. That the Naomi gives to Ruth. One, you need to take a bath, which, hello, middle schoolers, that's a great advice right there, okay? Amen. Especially a kid. It's okay to take a bath. And you're like, okay, this is just kind of like, you know, God, I'm pouring this into No, you think about this. I mean, this common for us, it takes us like every day, hopefully every day. But back in these days, I mean, like, as short as like the 1500s, y'all, they say this is a, this is fun facts from Pastor Stephen tonight. Back in the 1500s, they would only take a bath, get this, one time a year. And some of you are like, I'm living that now. The one time a year. That's it. And, 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 and here's what this, I don't know why I'm calling it. So, you know, one bath a year, usually in the month of May. And the men would get to go first, followed by the sons, then the women, then the children, and then finally the last person to be able to take a bath was the baby. Once a year. You heard the saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? That's where that came from. Because by the time they got to the baby, that bath one time a year, that water was so gross and soggy that you could lose the baby in the bathwater. So she's right here. So listen, listen, listen. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, you're not taking a bath all year. But you need to, you need to go wash yourself, clean up, anoint yourself. Literally, put on a little poke perfume. Get some of that Moabite Midnight perfume. Put it on. Put on some fresh clothes. Kind of make yourself look a little presentable. She's been out cleaning in the field. She's been doing the barley harvesting. Kind of make yourself presentable and go down to the threshing floor and wait till Boaz is done eating and drinking. Now, pause right here. Boaz is not getting drunk. I don't want you to think he's drunk redneck right there. You know, doing this thing. No, no, he's not getting drunk. He's not doing anything sinful. But I want you to wait till he's had something to eat, something to drink. In other words, ladies, men are in a better mood when our bellies are full. Wait till he's in a good mood. Watch 
could shave her, he could take advantage of her. Everything could go wrong in this moment right here. I want you to see the risk. This is not, oh, I'm better to do on a Friday night. I've been laid up as I blow as his feet and uncover him. No. This is a big time risk. And so, what does what she say? Verse 5. She replied, All that you say, I will do. Dun, dun, dun. Verse 6. So, I want you to feel this emotion right here. Lean in. Don't miss this. This is good stuff. So, she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother in law commanded her. Verse 7. And when Boaz had beaten and drunk, again, don't get this idea, he's got a lampshade on his head or anything like that. He doesn't, okay? He's got his belly full. His heart was merry. What did he do? He went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, which would have been custom, because I'm going to sleep by the grain to make sure nobody goes in there and steals it. He's all by himself by this heap of grain. And then Ruth, she, what did she do? She came softly. Ninja. She uncovered his feet. And then she lay down beside those feet. Alright? So how can you handle it? It's coming. Alright? So you get the picture. You get the picture. He's finished. Boaz is feeling good. He goes away from everyone else. Coincidence? I don't think so because God is in complete control of this whole situation. He lays down. He goes to sleep. And here's, here's Ruth the whole time. She's waiting. Remember, she's not supposed to, she's not supposed to like get away her, her, her appearance. So she's coming in. She's all like, you know, and she's watching her man winnow. Oh my goodness, boys can winnow that far. Like, look at those muscles and all that good stuff. He's got his belly full. He goes over here and he's laying down by his grain. He's got a big old thing of grain right there. He's laying down. He's snoring. And all of a sudden, here comes Ruth over here. And she's like, Covers those feet, she lays down. We don't know who she is. Maybe she lays horizontal, maybe perpendicular. I don't know. I don't know. But she's laying down there, feet are uncovered. And what? She's waiting. I mean, I mean, I mean, Naomi didn't say what to do after that. It's like, okay, his feet are uncovered. I'm laying down. I'm feeling pretty weird. I have no idea how he's going to respond. I'm a, I'm a Moabite woman. He's a wealthy Israelite landowner. I mean, he could totally, I mean, this could be it for me. So the story continues. Verse 8, at midnight, the man was startled. You know why he was startled, right? His feet are cold. They have a feet are cold. Where are my feet? So he's startled. He turns over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. Who are you? Oh, Lord. 
her reputation around the entire town was that she was a virtuous woman. She was a worthy woman. She was an honorable woman. Ladies, let me ask you this. How are you known? What are you known for? What would people say about you? Always, it's like, where's girl? Hey, listen, girl, listen, listen. The entire town knows that you're a worthy woman. That, that word literally, a virtuous woman, an honorable woman. You are a woman, Ruth, who can be trusted. You're a woman who doesn't gossip. You are a woman, hello, who isn't addicted to drama. You are a woman who finds her identity in Christ. That you understand, Ruth, listen to me, Ruth. You understand, ladies, ladies, you understand that, that beauty is not in the eyes of the beholder, but beauty is in the eyes of Jesus. And ladies, look at me. Jesus thinks you are absolutely beautiful. Girls, 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 before you clap. And you are, you're beautiful. I know last night we talked about finding a Boaz, a godly man. goes both ways. And not only are the men supposed to honor and respect the ladies, but ladies, you have a calling too to honor and respect your brothers in Christ in this room. Easy. Listen to me. 
and sisters in Christ, guard your purity, guard your integrity, guard your character. Be that woman because you will attract that type of man that you are. So Boaz right here says, okay, okay, listen, your reputation, your reputation around the entire town is that you, you are a worthy woman, a virtuous woman. And so, yes, yes, I will repeat all, your friend, all that you are asking of me, I will do. Absolutely, I'm in. Let's go to the chapel. Let's get married. Verse 12. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Verse 12. Look at verse 12. But you're like, oh, we were so close. There is a redeemer nearer than I am. And we're like, no, there's another guy. Another guy who is a closer brother than I am, who has gifts first, who has the right before me to provide and protect for you. And so Boaz, being the God of the faith that he is, says, listen, we got to follow the rules. we got to follow this. I'm in love, but there's a guy closer to redeem you than me. And so listen, we got to go to him and find out what he wants to do. we got to follow the rules because I'm a God of the faith. And so here's what we're going to do. Verse 13, remain tonight. And in the morning, if he will redeem you, good. All right? Let him do it, but if he will not, if he's not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, you better believe it, I will redeem you. Lie down here until the morning. So right here again, we see the character of Boaz. He knows the law, he's going to follow the law. He's not willing, he's not willing to go outside the law. He says, listen, listen, if this other dude won't do it, I will do it in a heartbeat. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to lie down here, and I need you to stay the night here with me. But listen, listen, listen. What he's saying, he said, we're not going to break the law, but listen, we're not going to have sex either. We're not going to sleep together. Because God does not bless sin. But here's the deal. It is dangerous out there tonight. And I'm not sending you out there in the night with all these crazy people who are partying and having a good time. And you're a foreigner. You're a Moabite woman. And this is Israelite territory. They can take advantage of you. They can rape you. They can assault you. All terrible things can happen to you. So you're going to stay here under my protection. And guess what? I'm a guy with you. And we're not going to have sex. We're going to pursue righteousness. I'm going to protect you. So what is Ruth doing? Ruth, Ruth lays down. She goes to sleep. Verse 14, she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. In other words, hey, we're just going to keep this between me and you. Even though we kept our purity, we kept our integrity, we did not sleep together, we did not do anything sinful at all. I'm just protecting for you. But we don't want any gossip going around Bethlehem. So you got to get up and you got to get out of here before people recognize you. Verse 15, he said, bring the garment that you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out and the measure of six measures of barley, she put it on her. And she went back into the city, back to Naomi. Six measures of barley, that's a lot of barley. That's like 75 pounds of barley. That's a lot of barley. And Ruth is putting that on her back and she's carrying that back to the city, to Naomi. Verse 16, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, now, how about Naomi? You know Naomi did not sleep that entire night, right? 
protection. Naomi wants to protect Ruth from a life of widowhood. So she says, Ruth, you need to go get you a man. You need to go find a husband. Ruth is looking for a protector and provider for her and Naomi, a kinsman redeemer who would take care of them. Ruth takes it to the next level when she says to Boaz, hey, I want you to spread your wings over me. She's not just looking for a husband for her, but also a protector for her and Naomi, someone who will protect and provide for them. Love protects, love provides. Number three, love is also pure. I want you to see the purity of the love in Ruth 3. To realize again that this story takes place in the middle of the judges. When sexual immorality is rampant, everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes. And to see this scene of a man and a woman alone on the threshing floor and they both walk away in purity. Not giving in to the temptation that was there. And the author here is intentional in showing us that this scene was intense. In the middle of the night, he loves her, she loves him, they're alone, she's under his cloak. And what does Boaz do? He stops for the sake of righteousness, for his character, for his integrity, and for his purity. Listen, our culture is not much different from them. Everybody does what is right in their own eyes. The mood of our culture is do what you want, and who cares about values, who cares about morals, who cares about integrity. Listen to me, students. Ruth shows us a different kind of love. A love that is holy, a love that is pure, a love that has integrity, a love for God, a love that demonstrates self-control, a love that is committed to righteousness. And please listen to me. Wherever you are in that, my plea to you would be that you would choose the path of purity and purity and character and integrity to the glory of God, and that is the best way for you to live. Love is pure. So guard it. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that to keep you from, from, uh, uh, from something. I'm saying that to, to protect you. That God's best is really the best. God's design is the best. So repent, confess if you have to, and do what you have to do to guard that and know that there is forgiveness. Lastly, we see that love has a price. There are risks all over Ruth chapter 3. Ruth is risking everything for her family. She's putting everything on Bob. Naomi is risking everything. She's putting everything on Ruth. Everything would fall apart if this did not work out. And Ruth, she is risking going at night, her reputation, her future. Boaz, Boaz could, 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 could have totally done away with her. Get away from me, you foreign Moabite woman. You have no idea how Boaz would respond. And now Boaz here saying, yes, all that you ask, I'm going to do. And now Boaz, a wealthy, 
so what we see, we see this picture that love is patient, love is pure, it protects, it provides, and there is a prize. But listen to these students, listen to the gospel tonight, because some of you are going to respond to it for the very first time. The whole point of this story is for us not to, to, to keep our eyes on Ruth and Boaz, but to turn our eyes from Ruth and Boaz and put them on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and see the loving kindness that our God has for us. Listen to the words that I'm about to say. Would you let these words sink into your heart? Not the person beside you, but to you, because God's got a message for you tonight. You see, the supreme God of the universe, the creator of all, sovereign over all, he is patient with you. His love is patient, and praise God that he is patient in love toward us. Though we fall, Though we fail to get it, we turn away from time to time. What does Scripture say? The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Aren't you glad that God in love has been patient towards you? He's not left you. And he's brought you here in this moment tonight for some of you to save you from your sins. Say something else. Not only is his love patient, but he protects you. The God of the universe has spread his garment over you. He is a mighty fortress for you. He becomes a refuge, a fortune. He protects his children. And listen to me, listen to me. You may have been rejected by people in this world. Other people around you may have rejected you. A friend, a friend group, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Maybe it's even a mom or a dad that you just can't seem to measure up to. You feel that rejection. You, you still matter to God. You are still valuable to Him. And He wants to spread that protection of garment over you. He wants to love you and protect you. And I can promise you, He will never leave you. It's the love that He offers you. Well, I experience this rejection and you will never be rejected by God. And when you are under His wings, when you are under the protection of your God, you will never be empty for all eternity. You will never be empty again because our God can satisfy completely. Not only is love patient, He protects, He provides, but His love is also pure. You are a sinner loved by a pure and holy God. And His love has a price. Well, how do I know that he's going to protect and provide? How do I know that he's patient and pure? How do I know all this? It's the gospel. You see, the greatest love story ever is not between Ruth and Boaz, but the greatest love story ever told is that a sovereign, almighty God of the universe would love you so much that he would send his one and only son to die on a cross in your place so that you can have eternal life with him forever. That's the gospel. And just as Boaz pursued Ruth, Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, is here tonight, and he is pursuing after you. When you and I were through the punishment of our sins, 
Thank you. 